Light years ago, deep in the cosmos, a unique digital entity came into being. In search of other life forms, it sent explorers out to the furthest reaches of the galaxy. These digital mechanical beings became known as Transformers. Autobots, transform! <laughs> Well, hey, welcome back to the Transformers Nitpickers Podcast Show. I'm Paul. I'm John. And today it is episode one of season one of Transformers Armada. It is First Encounter. This episode was written by a name, and I'm, you know what, I'm just going to say it now. I'm going to mispronounce a lot of names in this series, but mm-hmm. I believe this was written by Rio Motohira. Probably mispronounce that, but uh, here's a name I'm not going to mispronounce, Paul. Gary Chalk. Yes, unmistakably did the uh, the intro to this one. Yeah, and uh, David Kay is in this as well, as yep. Optimus Prime and Megatron as they should be, and that's kind of awesome. This is actually a bit of a Beast Wars reunion. There's yep. a number of voice actors. Uh, Scott McNeil shows up as Jetfire, and he's the only other one I'm really going to mention because uh, he was also Dinobot. Yeah, there you go. Oh, and the narrator was Jim Conrad, who was also... Also the narrator for GoBots. Oh. Yeah, that's kind of (laughs) cool. I didn't even pick up on that. And then there were a bunch of people I've never heard of playing a bunch of kids I'm really not going to care about. Uh, (laughs) But before we get to that, yeah, we have this big intro where we find out about the Minicons. Yes, they fought over these beings called Minicons. They... Autobots and Decepticons did, because the Minicons could boost their power, but the Minicons had enough of their shit and started to resist being used. Yeah, there was a civil war. The long story short is they put all these Minicons on a really well animated spaceship. And can we take a minute to acknowledge how great the intro of this looks? Oh yeah. Like the parallax panning shots of Transformers and Cybertron is great. Mm Mm-hmm. Or, or even when in a few seconds here, it shows this ship go into the space bridge. Yeah. Like, just where it gets uh, kind of sucked in one little bit at a time and then, yeah, stretches it right out. It's really, really cool. Yeah. So I, it almost looks 3D. I know it's not, but it looks like they might be using that parallax thing where it's just various layers of the ship and they're moving at slightly different speeds. But yeah, then it stretches, goes through this warp and shows up at Earth. Yep. It crashes into Earth's moon, but... Uh, it smashes on the surface and one piece of it, I guess, bounces off the moon and enters Earth's atmosphere. And then because of that, it scattered minicons all over the planet. And then millions of years pass. Let's say uh, four. four. Yeah. yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> nice round number. <laughs> and then, then we get our two and a half second opening, I guess. It's just like a screen of Optimus Prime and a music sting. And I guess this show has narrators. Oh, sorry, Paul. I was checking out because now it's not a Transformers cartoon. It's just about kids. No, it is not. It is it is Sailor Moon without Sailor Moon. We meet Red, and he's just a regular kid, and school is all right, and then we meet see another kid on a skateboard. That's his buddy Carlos, and they're in grade seven, and this is where our adventure begins. Yeah, and, and the depth of their characters at this point is bike and skateboard. <laughs> yes. Oh, and we find out he's in seventh grade, so we know he's 12 years old. Then, so they go to school, and they talk to a girl named Alexis, who is... <laughs> bipolar well when she first sees them she's like oh fuck i mean good morning rand <laughs> or rad i guess i'm gonna say rand a lot i read uh wheel of time and also used to watch robotech so i'm probably gonna call him rand a lot it almost sounded like they were calling him red at first but yeah it, it, anyway she goes through like six emotions right away and this <laughs> i'm just gonna get it out of the way now this is my fundamental problem with anime is 
okay, there are cultural differences that just don't translate by changing dialogue. These were kids that were originally talking and acting like Japanese school kids written by somebody who was born and raised in Japan, and just giving them new dialogue that is probably not the exact same as the original dialogue. It's just, you know, it's stuff shifted around but but it disconnects the characters actions from their words um and it's just this is the prime example alexis walking by she goes through like five or six emotions completely disconnected and then anyway they talk and they're like don't you think that sometimes she's crazy and then as she's just walking away and what is clearly was not part of the original script she just says i can hear you you know but, <laughs> but nothing's moving to indicate that she would be speaking she doesn't anyway whatever rant over um <laughs> that now we get introduced to uh billy the daunts ah there you go because i called him vaunts his hair is brown but it's otherwise exactly vaunts from transformers prime exactly well, yeah his real name's billy and there's his sidekick and we find out later his name is fred and they're the school bullies but they're almost not even the school bullies they just specifically pick on these two but yet want to hang out with them yeah it seems like that <laughs> you know well it seems the kid that billy picks on the most is fred <laughs> yeah, I, I know. They, they they exist so that we can get five kids together. Um, and then I, Rad tells us his parents work at the astronomy or the astronomer station, whatever it is. Cosmoscope research station, I guess. Yeah. Oh, oh, and that he really thinks Alexis likes him, even though when he tries to talk to her in class, she turns her back to him. But yeah. whatever. I think there's a commercial break in here. Maybe. But uh, when we come back now, they're going to race up the mountain. And these two are just up to 11 the whole time with oh, the yeah. woo-hoos and the yee-haws as they're going. Oh, yeah. The, I think they're on speed or something. But <laughs> And I don't know why they're going to the mountain. They want to explore it. Mineshaft? Or a cave they, or something that he found, yeah. Then we go to Billy and Carlos, and or sorry, Billy and Fred, and like they are so focused on these other two that Fred has a tracking device yes. that he is monitoring so they can chase these two and find out what they're up to. They put it on Red's bike, and they're going to follow them, and now we're at the cave, and in we go, and Carlos brought along a rope so they can find their way back out. So that's kind of smart. Yeah. Oh, oh, Alexis sees the the two uh, Billy and Fred uh, drive away and is like, oh, Picard face palms. But uh, yeah, <laughs> so they, they've got the rope in the cave, Carlos and Brad, that is. And then Billy and Fred arrive and Fred is a whiner and I think maybe diabetic. Well, he's like, hey, come on, keep or wait for me. I got glandular problems, you know, and I have feelings too. And nothing's never good enough for you. Yeah, like, why are you hanging out with Bill? You know what? You know what these two need? Their own identity. They need to go and get a hobby. <laughs> but when they get there, they seem surprised that the locator thing worked. Yeah. But they're even more surprised that it led them straight to the bike they stuck it on. Like, I know. <laughs> don't you remember? This is what I'm saying with the anime. I bet, like, if if you new Japanese and watch this show in its original format, this would flow really well. But here it's just like, oh, we got to whatever. Yeah. Um, they go into the cave and uh, uh, deeper in Carlos and Rad run out of rope. So Rad gets the idea to just put rocks in arrow shape and they can follow that out. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. And yeah. then Billy and Fred get to the end of this rope and so I've written out his vaunts. He's had <laughs> enough of Fred's whining and he accidentally scatters the rocks that form the arrow that Rad left. And then he just heads off the other way from the way that 
Brad and Carlos went. Yeah, and then Bill, you know, actually, let's call them Vaughn's. Vaughn's <laughs> and Fred, uh, they they end up running into bats, which don't really play into anything later, but they uh, they get swarmed by bats. They start screaming. And then this is the moment where I was like, oh, we're in a Transformers cartoon because the humans are invincible. Uh, Carlos and Rad <laughs> are just standing on a ledge and it gives way. And straight out in an Indiana Jones movie, this ledge just disconnects from the rest of the ground they're on and starts sliding down a mine shaft or a cave or something. And the two of them yell for 19 and a half minutes. That's what I have. It goes on forever. And they're screaming the whole time. Ah! 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 Oh, my God. It's so bad. But eventually, they come out into a cavern and drop 30 feet, but they're fine. (laughs) Oh, yeah, the thing goes flying in the air, hits the ground, and this giant piece of rubble or rock they're on crushes into rubble. Yeah, they're fine. Whatever. Anyway, uh, they're into some old chamber with a bunch of, like, uh, structure, and obviously this is part of the ship. Commercial break. Mm -hmm. And when we come back, Carlos asks if anyone is home in this place, and back with the other two, Fred wants to leave because his blood sugar's getting low, he says, and now... Vance is really getting freaked out, too. He's like, oh, man, you're starting to freak me out. Oh, he's got a bipolar mood swing that rivals uh, Alexis or Alex, whatever <laughs> her name is. Uh, but uh, anyway, Rad. OK, then down by the structure, Rad finds a glowing device and picks it up because he's an idiot. <laughs> and it activates, I guess, for lack of a better word. And, and the, again, there's a lot more yelling, man. There's a lot of yelling in the show. <laughs> and the energy from it just starts shaking the place up and then like computers and machines and things in the room start to come online. But I like that we we go from the yelling, we cut away for a bit and then go back to the kids and Raj just holding it and looking at it. Oh, now I, <laughs> yes. I needed an emotion between freaking the fuck out and very calm. <laughs> yeah, and back in the town, what was this girl's name? Oh, Alexis. Alexis. Uh, she says, oh no, it's an earthquake. And But yeah, back with Brad and Carlos, they start running up the stairs and Fred and Vaughn are still arguing, but then both groups just get surrounded by this white light. Yeah, I guess it like flows out of the caves, but what happens is that, oh, oh and the, uh, that research uh, astronomy or astrology station, yeah. uh, starts, everything powers down, they lose all power and it shakes. But these three laser beams fly out of the mountain and one goes to the moon and then two go to Cybertron. Then we go to Cybertron where the purple and red lights land and all the alarms go off and we see some familiar looking characters here. Like one of them is definitely Hound, but he's a Decepticon, which is kind of weird. Yeah, I... I think I saw Perceptor, but it, it went by and there was flashing light. But it's cl- what Red it alert, clearly power is. Glide, yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. It's clearly uh, Autobots and Decepticons, and they a bunch of them, I guess the ones that can fly, launch off into space, mm-hmm. presumably and, uh, towards Earth. Well, their computer brings up a visual of Earth, and next thing you know, a purple and a red beams of light travel to Earth. Yes. And on Earth, Alexis is now taking her scooter to the mountain because we forgot to mention that she used her computer to identify the epicenter of this earthquake as the mountain. So she's on her way there as, you know, she's going to, whatever she's going to do when she gets there, I don't know, but she's on her way. Yeah. I, I love, I love that she had seismic software in her, her computer. Oh, and everything's fine at the astronomy station. Everybody's fine. Yep. Who cares? <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know why Alexis insists she has to go find Rad and Carlos, but yeah, she's there in her scooter. And then Rad and Carlos just come out of the cave they or they find the rope and they emerge from the mine shaft they're fine and and then like oh uh entered wait does she get there yet uh i have it down that uh she there's a flash of light and then a space bridge appears yes and there it, oh what the hell was that a doorbell why is there a doorbell lou why is there a doorbell 
because there's a door. That's fair. I'll get it. Good day, Miss or Mr. Homeowner. I'm here today with an offer you can't pass up. A premium, one-of-a-kind Megatron. Herman? That's right. No home is complete without a Megatron. Whether in robot mode or vehicle mode, this toy will not only keep your child occupied like gangbusters, but it will make them love you just enough to justify the cost of a mass-manufactured piece of plastic. Didn't we send you into the Shadow Zone? No, no, no. The last time he died, he had a piano dropped on him indoors. I thought the piano happened before that. No, before that, he got shot. Didn't he shoot Danny? Who? Danny. Weird kid. Turned into a robot, tried to kill us. I can't believe people listen to this. All right, fellas, this has been a bash and all, but I've got a Megatron to sell and time is money. So are we actually buying it or what? I can't tell you. I'm not the square who wrote this bit. Who wrote this? Oh, oh, that's me. I, I did. Well, how does it end, Big Daddy? Uh, I didn't write an ending. I don't know why I keep coming back from the dead for this show. Bunch of beatniks. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, uh, it's Megatron. Yep, a giant robot, and the boys start freaking the fuck out, as you would. But now Alexis is here, and even though she looks like she's terrified as well, she's just like, stay calm. It's like, what? Yeah, the reactions here, I don't care where you're from in the world, the reactions here don't make sense. These kids are way too calm for having, the, even if they don't know it's Megatron. Yeah. It's a 60, 50, I don't know how many feet tall it's it is big. it's big <laughs> and it looks menacing oh yeah and rad goes to run to alexis but he slips on a loose rock and drops the green tablet thing he had and the giant robot no i have it's the giant robot because he wasn't named yet but megatron notices this and starts coming after them and then the tablet starts to glow oh sorry paul you missed the second beat there where rad drops the device again and then megatron takes notice again <laughs> But light starts shooting out of this thing, and a human-sized robot appears out of it, and it looks around, and then it does, like, that Chuck Jones shoulder shrug thing in the grin, and then it scans Rad's bike. Do you know who it reminded me of, Paul? T-Bob. Ah, from Mask. The, the motorcycle robot from Mask. I, kinda, I can see that, yeah, especially the eyes. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't look like him, but I'm like, okay, it's going to be that personality. But yeah, yeah, he turns into Rad's bike, and then my note here in all caps is, why is nobody freaking out about the giant fucking Transformer standing in front of them? Yeah, it's like they completely forgot that it's there. Yeah. Uh, oh, and then, so then the uh, T-Bob, whatever it is, talks basically R2-D2 speak, yeah. and Rad says, I think I can understand him. Yep, it wants us to get on, and meanwhile, while Megatron is just standing there watching this and they start driving away. But then Megatron picks up this little boulder. Well, it's little to him and he flicks it at them. And the way they animate it, it's like it's flying. It's like a thousand miles an hour and lands in front of them. I really liked this part. This was one of those moments where they, they actually did a really good job of demonstrating how powerful Transformers are. Yeah. He just flicked a pebble at them, but it was a boulder that like, it hit the ground like a bullet or a cannonball or whatever. Um, and he just flicked and it. Like, it's the size of, I mean, relative to a human, it's the size of your thumbnail. But it was, you know, yeah. as big as one of those kids. And then Megatron talks and it's unmistakably David Kay. And I'm sure I'll get used to it. But at first, it really doesn't seem to fit with this character. Like, he's just that fucking big, right? The voice doesn't sound deep enough i guess but uh, yeah it should be a booming deep booming voice you know what honestly for the, a big scary looking megatron you want that hugo weaving voice i was about to say even frank welker i hate to say this wouldn't be the appropriate voice for this character no yeah but he tells them that uh they have something of his and he wants it back or else and he starts reaching for the kids and of course who should arrive but oh uh, okay your turn 
this for Mr. Homeowner. Hey, I would like to pique your interest with an item you can't live without. The one and only Optimus Prime. Just say yes and close the door. This toy is a perfect compliment to Megatron and another way to trick your little ankle biters into loving you even more. And if you don't already have a Megatron, might I interest you? I mean, what is going on? Well, I'm back and better than ever, Big Daddy. Please don't call me that. I'm fit as a fiddle. Full of ideas. He's an ideas, man. And most importantly, off the cocaine. Hey, that's great. And on methamphetamines. Okay. Here's your Optimus Prime, asshole. Go fuck yourself. That's our Herman. They built a giant radio telescope station on top of a mountain, which, unbeknownst to them, had inside it the wreck of a crashed alien spaceship. Well, that's a bit ironic, isn't it? And these two idiots are going to race to the cave that only they know about in the side of this mountain on a bike and a skateboard? Really? You're going to climb a dusty mountain trail on a skateboard? Experiment time! Get yourself a skateboard and all the safety gear you can find, because you're going to need it, and see how fast you can get that fucker up to going uphill on a gravel road. What the hell kind of race is that? A bike versus a skateboard uphill. This Carlos kid is going to have a job in accounting, I guarantee. Even on flat pavement, it's still not even close to being a fair contest. A bicycle produces way more mechanical advantage. And yes, I've seen the video of the guy doing 90 miles an hour downhill on a skateboard, but there's another one of a guy doing 140 miles an hour on a bike. Did you see that one, you friggin' skateboard fanboys? Did you see the one with the guy going uphill on a dirt road? Yeah, that's what I thought, because there isn't one. Or maybe there is. I didn't. Well, here we are at the end of another episode of the Transformers Nitpickers podcast. The first episode of Defend Piss Armada. The episode mm. was First Encounter. Paul, what did you think? Well, to quote Mitch Hedberg, I couldn't take woo-hoo anymore. Like, my God, they yell a lot. Like, these kids are stuck There's to 11 <laughs> the whole time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, look, I'll, you know, the Transformers looked really cool. Oh, as yeah. soon as Megatron showed up... A, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm I'm invested now. Yep. But yeah, this was like 90% of this episode was not a Transformers cartoon. No. The, yeah, the kids annoy me to a great extent, but I want to hold off judgment. Yep. Something tells me that it, it, it can only get better. <laughs> yes, I know this series is highly revered, or at least well-revered, and it spawned two sequel series, so obviously they're doing something right. And, and again, I do want to say, when you see the Transformers... They look great. Oh, especially Optimus at the end. Oh, he looks really cool. <laughs> he looks really good. The windows, the chest windows are out. Like, you know, every once in a while, Optimus is kind of built with the center of his chest out at an angle, like it's pointing outwards. Yeah. He's got that, which I've never been a fan of. I like the flat chest Optimus where his chest looks like the front of a truck. Yeah. Yeah. I can't argue. The The animation of the Transformers is awesome. And oh, and the ship. I know we said it in the show, but the ship yeah. at the beginning when it warped. That was all great. I think it's gonna be a good one. Not a good start, but it's gonna be a good one. <laughs> yes, I have I have a lot of faith in this. Um, because the Transformers have never disappointed me before. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you want to see a couple of disappointments, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at John Sobey. Paul is at pmacperson1. Yeah, make sure you rate and review us in your podcast app, whatever it is you listen to us with, and tell all your friends, tell everybody you know. Oh, yeah, the next episode is Metamorphosis. I forgot to say that. Transformers.com! <laughs> see you later. Man, you're starting to freak me out.